Well, hey, everyone. Thanks for jumping in. Before we get started, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty recording this week's episode. And while the content was fun and great, we're excited to share it with you. Uh, We're going to have some audio issues this week. They're a little bit different than normal. So bear with us. Enjoy the content. Continue to seek the Lord and how he's helping us navigate all these mixed messages around us. And uh, we'll have a good time, just like we do every week. And we'll do our best to get it all fixed and remedied before we hit our next episode next week. Thanks for joining in. Here we go. Well, uh, today we have a submitted question, um, and this is, um, well, I guess like a lot of the topics we talk about, this is something that a lot of people, um, I think, rally against or don't like to talk about because it's kind of a um, sensitive topic, but um, that's kind of what we do here at Mixed Messages is (laughs) get into those and help us find God's heart in it all. So um, the question is this, in, in light of the recent changes in Texas regarding uh, abortion law. Mm-hmm. This this person asking says, I understand why Christians, or as Christians, we don't support abortion, but victims who become pregnant from sexual abuse, incest, or rape, what does God say about all of that? Yeah. That is a very, very heavy question. It and, is. And a difficult one indeed. And, um, and we we're gonna have to have like a, a big conversation about it, right? So the I, I think if you think of the conversation as a a funnel kind of a thing, we're gonna start general and then work down to some very specific answers. So in the broad scope of things, uh, broadly in scripture, God God would absolutely one hundred percent unequivocally value all human life uh, as the highest degree of value, right? So uh, we would, Grace Church would be, Jeff Bogue would be very, very pro-life in that sense. So anything that had to do with abortion that was tied to inconvenience, even tied to economics, uh, tied to it's my wrong uh, phase of life, all the way down to I use abortion as a form of birth control, um, I would believe is a sin, is a moral offense to God, and uh, would break God's design. Now, let's talk about why that is, <laughs> right? So it's out there, but let's try to open our hearts and our minds a little bit to, to, to hear the logic behind that. Okay, so as a Christian, uh, and my view is strong, uh, strongly kind of uh, rooted for me, and the views of Grace Church are rooted for us, our view is that as a Christian, we would look at God's Word and we would say human beings are higher in value, in distinction, and in dignity than the rest of creation, right? So we're the only part of creation that was created in the image of God. And what that means in part is 
that we were created with a soul. So animals are actually valuable. I do not believe in the abuse of animals. I don't believe even in, I don't even believe in the abuse of nature, right? Because I think we're a caretaker of it. So if I loaned you my truck, I would expect you to give it back to me in one piece. And if an accident happened, there's grace and mercy, but I would not expect you to be doing donuts with it and go trash it, right? So the, the, earth is loaned to us so to say by god it's his he created it all things are under his his uh dominion and we are caretakers of the earth so i'm a guy that actually believes that like our water should be clean and if we can get good emissions on cars we should do that and uh you shouldn't rip down a tree if you don't have to But I also believe that creation is meant to be used, that the point of creation is to bring blessing and protection and provision to humanity. So that's why we might eat an animal or we might cut a tree down to build a house, etc. Does that make sense? So I believe that the point of creation is to glorify God and to provide protection and provision for humanity specifically. So when you get into humanity, then we're created in the image of God. We have a soul and we are uniquely woven together and designed by God. That's what the psalmist would say, that we were knit together in our mother's womb. We're not a category of creation. So we're not another mammal, right? We're, we're a unique thing with a soul. How do you know that, Jeff? Because humanity is the only part of creation that has to satisfy the question of God. So we search for God. Dogs don't do that. And I love my dog. Chief is awesome. I think he has a personality. I think he has an instinct. I think he recognizes me, Mm -hmm. right? He, I think he hears my truck and waits for me when I come home every night, which I told him is his only job. He keeps doing that. I'll take care of him. (laughs) But, uh, Chief was um, born in a litter. Heidi and I adopted him. He has no longing within him to go find his real mom, mm-hmm. right? He is not laying there wondering if there is a God and why that God placed him on the earth. He's there wondering what he's going to eat and does he have to get up and go get it, <laughs> right? So he, he is simply a dog, not an animal that should be abused, not something that should be uh, uh, mistreated in any way, but he is a dog, right? When Chief dies, we will get another dog because hmm. he is the replacement for Twister. If I lost one of my kids, I wouldn't go just to adopt a different kid, uh-huh. right? Because we have souls. So there's a spiritual bond between a mother and a father and a child that cannot be broken. There's a longing for a human being to look for God. Cats don't pray. Squirrels don't go to church. Dogs don't read the Bible. They don't care. Human beings, even if you're an atheist, you're an atheist because you had to settle the God question. Mm -hmm. And that is the likeness of God within us. That is us having a soul. Okay, now start putting some pieces together. As a human being, I'm uniquely, uh, I'm unique of all the rest of creation. I'm a human. We believe from Scripture that every human has a unique dignity and worth and creation. 
So they're knit together. God has a will and a purpose for every human being uh, to exist. Therefore, that human being has a deep value and dignity before God, Mm -hmm. and that value and dignity should be respected by humanity, and we should recognize that it's given by God. What I think about you does not define for me how I treat you. What God says or values is what defines for you. So that's why I am Mm anti-slavery. I am anti-sex trafficking. I'm anti-pornography. I'm anti-abusing anybody or using anybody Mm -hmm. because we're devaluing the human being, right? Now, usually what happens in an abortion is this. The question becomes, well, when does that human being have a human become a human being? And I would believe very strongly that that human being becomes a human being, that life begins or life is created uh, at conception. And so once the, the sperm and the egg join, uh, the biological event gives way to the spiritual event of the forming and crafting of a human being by their creator, God. Yep. Okay, So we have to start there. And that is, that is why um, abortion as a rule, uh, infanticide as a rule, which is really what abortion is, uh, euthanasia as a rule, the abuse of the elderly and the neglect of the elderly as a rule, are all all those issues of life or issues where I would believe, Grace Church would believe, that they need to be held in the very, very highest of dignity. Okay, so that's like number one. Now the question was not that. Sure. So I but we great just, foundation for it. Yeah, we gotta understand that in order to answer the question. The question is when you have two human beings, uh-huh. right? So we're the question is victims. Victims of sexual abuse, victims of incest, rape, right? So now the question is, I have two human beings, Mm -hmm. and whose life is more valuable? Mm -hmm. The life of the mother or the life of the, um, the child? And in these questions, and I'm specifically not addressing a health issue yet, okay? So everybody who's listening... I, I hear you, <laughs> and we'll get there. So I'm not addressing a health issue yet. Sex abuse, rape, incest, whose life is more valuable? And I would say to you, that is a false argument. Because the answer is, both lives are equally valuable, in my view. And so I, I would not look and say, well, the mother's life is more valuable than the child's life. How did the second life get created? Was it an, an injustice? Was it a, a crime? Was it a horrible abuse? That is a question. That is a separate question. And to that victim, I would look and say, what you get from me is compassion, grace, I pray, justice, um, I would want to be, I hope I would be the first to defend, the first to honor, etc. right? 
So what I have in a situation where there's rape, incest, uh, etc., is I have a victim who is innocent and a innocent who is innocent. Mm-hmm. I have two innocent people. Yep. And when I have abortion in there, I am pronouncing one guilty. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think we have to look at it like this. And, and I, would, I would hold that out as a moral value, and I would hold that out as a, as a biblical truth. Now, here's where I think the church um, doesn't put its money where its mouth is. Mm. I think if we really believe that, and I do, and, and uh, Grace Church does, then when a woman is a victim, we should care for her, we should support her, we should love her, and if she says, I cannot care for this child, the child then should be cared for, loved, and given home. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of people barking about this issue because it's a it's a taboo one Mm -hmm. right and a lot of people with a lot of statements and i would look and say then step up and put your money where your mouth is and this is where i have enormous sympathy for a victim enormous respect for a victim that takes a child to term and delivers that child and then enormous respect for the Christian who foster parents, the Christian who adopts, the Christian who... Yeah. And I can point you to families who have done that all over Grace Church. Um, I have offered that in my own family in, a, in some very specific situations. And this is what I found. that uh, Heidi and I have offered that twice that we're like, we'll take the baby. And there's something about that where our uh, valuing of the life caused the mother to value the life differently. Hmm. And so we we were never asked to take the baby. I've looked and said, I will find the baby a home. I know couples struggling with infertility or whatever, like they'll take the baby. But I think the people of God have to step in, right? That this is not some moral on high. I, I, I would flip this uh, to a different subject, and I feel the same way about the care of the elderly. Sure. They, they should be cared for with dignity and respect and honor. So I'm like, do you believe that, Jeff? I'm like, yeah, I move my parents in with me. Like, I actually believe that. I don't think that doesn't. I don't think that uh, it's a sin to put your parents in a nursing home and Alzheimer unit. There, there obviously there's care considerations, but to like warehouse them, walk away, can't find that in the Bible, anyways. So there's some of these moral stances where we have to step up as a church and as a believer, and we have to to do those things. Mm-hmm. So in my view, abortion as some some version of a convenience i don't want to do this i'm too young i am completely opposed abortion where there's two victims the one who was abused in the in the the life that was created from the abuse i'm like i i'm opposed and um if i'm going to be opposed i better step up yep 
in a big way because I'm not the one who has to carry the ramifications of my moral high ground. So the church has to go there as, as a church, and we have to be willing to live that way. Here's the issue that is the most difficult for me when it comes to abortion, is when there is not a victim and there is an innocent, right? And the mother's life is at stake. So I, I suppose the pregnancy could be from, from being victimized, uh, the pregnancy may be a wanted pregnancy also, but the chi- the pregnancy itself is causing the mother's life to be endangered. And, th- and what I would say to that, guys, uh, to our listeners, is I would say this. I don't think there is a general statement there. I think those, those cases, which are actually very, very small statistically, yep. I mean, we're really talking about the half a percent kind of a thing. I think they are unique. I think that that uh, woman or, or, and possibly her husband have conviction, and, and they have a very difficult—I uh, know of one situation where there was a pregnancy— this, this, the mother was a mother of other children also. She was married. This was a wonder pregnancy. I'm like, oh my, it is incredibly difficult, incredibly agonizing, um, incredibly difficult to understand why God would allow that. I didn't have all those answers, um, but tried to walk the family through as, as they made their decisions and drew their conclusions. So that situation, the, which is kind of the rarest of them, I would look and I would say um, we have to navigate it by walking in the Spirit, by loving and helping and serving each other, by weighing in all the considerations that are going on in, that, in the woman's life. And, and I don't know that I have a clean answer to it without knowing all those things. Sure. I think that <clears throat> you're right on. It, it's so difficult to um, look at someone else and say, here's the decision that you need to make when you're talking about life being on the line yourself. Um, but praying through those things, and and this is where we've talked about this a couple of times. Our faith is not simply principles, worldview, here's if X, then Y. It's a relationship right. with our Heavenly Father you mentioned we wouldn't know why that person would be allowed to walk through or to have to uh, experience that valley of life. But what we do know is that God is compassionate and loving and right there alongside that mother and family. And so his opinion, his desire um, can be discovered if we continue to seek him in those scenarios. And and you hear these, uh, you know, th- there is the the example of the mother's life is in danger, and you know, it's, a, it's a little bit of a red herring argument, because the other side of that is um, the example of the mother who has cancer and refuses treatment until her baby's born. It, 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 you see what I'm saying? Like it's, it has to be allowed to be this individual thing. And there's a point, especially if they're a Christ follower, that you have to let people wrestle with God even if they draw different conclusions than you think that they should. Sure. And, and there's a point that has to be trusted. 
that argument, I watch people in, in this abortion conversation get lost in that argument again and again and again. It's a, uh, a defensive argument. Like this started off with like the changes in Texas. They're like, well, what about these? And I'm like, that is not literally 98% of what we're talking about. Um, and so we, we were talking about um, the convenience. I don't want to deal with it. I have very, very rarely encountered a mother who regretted having her child. And so um, I think it's though it, that is a difficult thing. It's impossible. I do not think you can understand fully the love that you have as a parent until you are one. Um, so I think all that figures in. I think the Bible is clear about that. And then I think the church needs to step up for the money where mouth is. And then I think there are extraordinarily painful, difficult things that we go through. And what we do is we bear with each other and bear each other's burdens and go through that. I love um, the heart that you're taking here. And um, one thing that I'm making a mental note of is none of uh, our response, <clears throat> at least the way we're talking about it, is supposed to simply be political. Now, well, because we think this, you should vote that way or whatever. What I hear is that we should be running after the Great Commandment and the Great Commission, that we need to love people. And if we want to see, in this instance, what we're talking about, less babies um, be aborted, less uh, women feel the, the pressure to make that decision in the first place, then the church, the people of God, have to step up and say, I will be there, I will love you, I'll be compassionate, I will help you, I will support you in any way possible. That should be our response as we kind of look at the world of abortion, if you will. A hundred percent. We, What happens often in our world today is we politicize spiritual issues and spiritualize political ones. And, and we have to be very careful about that. Abortion is not a political issue. It's a moral issue. It's been politicized. I'm not talking about politics here. Um, I do think when a national government takes a immoral stance on anything, it does bring uh, condemnation to a nation, right? And, and we, would, we would look and say, that's not just abortion. You know, that there's other things that our, our nation has done that are immoral and ungodly, slavery, and it brings condemnation to a nation, we should be ashamed of that, right? Nationally. So there's a national view of something, and then there's me personally. So there's times I think nationally. Like if I'm voting, I'm thinking nationally. But when I'm looking at a, a lady who is bringing a life into the world and deciding to do that or not do that, I'm thinking personally, right? And how do I, how do I help and serve and, and what do we do about that? And I would say that the Christian community, that there's a lot of accusation politically back and forth. If you're a Christ follower, just get over that. You're, you're never gonna, it's never going to go away. 
But the Christian community also, there is a lot of loving, helpful, supportive resources for the mothers that have chosen life over abortion. And I'm proud that that that's the case. Like I'm not I'm not just saying theoretically what the church should do. Like this stuff happens, right? And knowing what those resources in is and accessing those is a big deal. And um, and that is the church putting his money where his mouth is. You mentioned how we can get behind those things, and <clears throat> excuse me, this is the type of reasons why um, we're often promoting opportunities for people to step into those arenas, whether. It's, again, helping the, the pregnant mother think through these things to give them the support. Uh, we know multiple families in our church that have stepped into the fostering and adoptive world. There are organizations like Safe Families where you support families that are struggling with the children that they have so they can get on their feet and keep their family intact. There are ways to mentor. There are ways to get behind families in need. There are so many ways to continue to protect um, the the family unit, to protect those mothers, to protect those children, and we need to step into those in a in a really real way. That's right. And and I would encourage you guys if you're passionate about this, contact Pastor Joe. Actually, just contact Grace Church. We have those connections. We can get you to trusted organizations, and uh, and we would love to help you with that. Um, so thank you for submitting these questions. If you have questions that you'd like to be addressed here on Mixed Messages, you can always do that on our website at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. Uh, and we would love to add that to the list and have these dialogues. These are the conversations that are hard for us sometimes to navigate on our own. And we want to do that for you and for each other. Um, if we can help you take any unique next steps in your journey with Christ, reach out. We'd love to know that. And if you want to hear more of what you're hearing here, make sure you subscribe, follow us, or go to the uh, podcast page and rate and review. Uh, we'd love to see how God is using this in your life. If you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us on the weekend. If you don't have a church home yet, you can always do that in person. Or if you're out of the area and are exploring, uh, you can always join us online as well. Well, we're glad that you could jump in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.